This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this week's podcast, we talk MGF at 25 with Nigel May from the MGF Register, plus news of new MG models and an interesting vinyl record. The MG Car Club podcast. Welcome along to episode 25 of the MG Car Club podcast. Wayne Scott with you. You're very welcome to join us for our few minutes now of MG Geekery because Adam Sloman is here as well from the depths of Kimber House. Hi, Adam. Hello, Wayne. How you doing, mate? Good. Very good. Uh, We've had new coronavirus updates from our government here in the UK. It's grim news. We're not going to talk about it. From now on in, it's a COVID-free zone. You'll be pleased to know. And uh, (laughs) we've just got to keep positive, (laughs) haven't we, at the minute as we go through all of this? Yeah, definitely. It's it's not always the easiest of things to be bright and cheerful at the moment, given the world we're living in. But uh, that's what we're going to endeavour to do. So, uh, yeah, let's strap on a smile and go for it. Yes, we're going to forget all about that and just talk about MGs, immerse ourselves in the world of the cars we love. And you're welcome to come along for the ride. And and lots of you getting in touch as well. It's so great to hear from all of our listeners to the podcast and all of your messages and all the things you've got to tell us. Uh, Andy Sherratt's been in touch. He says, uh, caught up with the podcast yesterday. Uh, great to hear this episode. He's talking about episode 15. He's a little bit far behind, Adam, is Andy. Um, and he says... Uh, <laughs> I first met Lorraine at Harewood Hill Climb when she was doing the driving academy in her WSM. Uh, it was meeting Lorraine that got me involved in the Caledonia group up in Scotland and she put me in touch with someone selling a TF I ended up buying. It was the weekend of the Bowness Hill Climb, so I visited and joined the club at the stand. Um, and uh, Andy's been joining us for podcasts. I think he's doing... Some people listen to us religiously, Adam, don't they, every week, and then some, like Andy, basically are like a few episodes behind and binge. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for uh, for binging on things. Hello from Tim Moore, who says, excellent recognition in last week's episode, episode 24, of the MGC register. Uh, we have one, an MGC, that is, and we're at the MGC 50th anniversary at Chateau Impney in 2017 that you mentioned, and also MGC 52 at Daventry in 2019. Nice to hear you giving Ginny and Barry Cartmel and Mike Horton recognition, and that's from Tim and Christine Moore. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Also, Chris Powell says, many thanks for episode 24 of the MG Car Club podcast Wayne and Adam, it's always interesting stuff from Chris Powell from the Northwest Centre of the MG oh, nice. Club. He's enjoyed that. That's great. And then we had rather a long email here, Adam, from Greg Perigo, who I believe is in America somewhere. And he says, I thoroughly enjoy listening to the MG Car Club podcast. I subscribe and it's my go to listen when I'm on an evening bike ride. Excellent. Mm, He should be out in his MG, not huffing and puffing on a push bike. uh, (laughs) uh, It's great company, he says. Well, of course. It's good to have you here, Greg. Um, I wanted to pass along a perspective on how the mark of friendship can affect the arc and trajectory of one's life. I was introduced to MG in 1975 by my high school girlfriend who drove a beautiful red 1952 MG TD. She was absolutely gobsmacked by MG, so much so that she later visited Abingdon in 1980 and talked her way into seeing the now shut-down plant. Truly smitten by each, I decided that I too must have an MG. 
As the T-Series, even then, were out of my reach, I purchased my first MG, a 1965 MGB, which I carefully restored and drove until the clutch sadly started to shudder and rattle and eventually went bang. I regrettably replaced it with a 1971 Ford Pinto, uh, which also quickly went bang, but this time with much greater drama and explosive effect. Can imagine. Yikes. Yeah, they were yes. famous for that, weren't they? Indeed. Uh, directionless and with no career goals in sight, I decided that a college degree would be in order if I ever wanted to afford a new MG. I reckon that a good paycheck would allow me to buy whatever replacement for the MGB British Leyland might design to offer, and so left the girlfriend behind to move to Indiana for university. It is ironic that I learned of the Abingdon plant closure on the day I enrolled for my final semester classes. I never did get that new MG. However, after graduation I secured positions that allowed me to further indulge my MG passions. Since 1982 I've owned, driven and cherished the following. A 59 MGA, a 60 MGA twin cam. A 54 MG TF, a 65 MGB, a 74 MG Midget, a 72 BGT, a 74 BGT, and a 72 MG Midget. My enthusiasm with the mark led me to purchase MG Magazine from the late John Dogdale, then publicity manager for Jaguar Rover Triumph. I published that magazine until 2000 and was grateful to finally drive my own new MG at Silverstone in 1999, an MGF in Nightfire Red with bright, shiny boots, kindly Ooh. loaned to me by Kevin Jones at MG Rover. I love the thing. I crave a drive in David Knowles's MGR V8, though. A lunch with Mr. Dugdale, Dick Nudson of the USMG T-Series Register, Willie Wilkinson and John Brown remains one of my life's greatest moments. There have been other marks along the way. I've also owned an early XKE coupe, an E-Type in this country, of course, a TR3 Triumph and a Spitfire Mark IV, which I still own, he says, but I've always, always returned my affection to the sacred octagon. These days, the 1972 Midget and 1974 BGT have pride of place in my garage. And to bring the Ark wholly up to date, I've been researching for a lake cottage in which to retire and swore off classic car restorations with the completion of my 74 GT earlier this year. How ironic it is then that in the garage of my dream cottage overlooking a lake and within sight of a bird sanctuary, is a 1964 Elva Courier in need of restoration. <laughs> it has an MGA drivetrain, of course, and I simply could not say no and purchase them both. I'm so glad I was introduced wow. to that girl, and in turn, the MG Mark. And while the relationship with her didn't last, at least the one with the car did. There we go. Fantastic story from Greg there, one of our loyal listeners here on the MG Car Club <laughs> podcast. And uh, also, a uh, final message on episode 24, uh, your man with the um, the prizes, Adam, Pietro 
Chupzi, I think is how I'm pronouncing his name properly. Apparently everyone gets it wrong, me included, as it would seem. <laughs> uh, he has been in touch and verified stuff, so you'll be sending him a prize out in the post very soon, won't you? Yes, yes, we will, uh, we will send a, a nice little something in the post very, very soon. Excellent. Thank you all for getting in touch with us here on the MG Car Club podcast. We really do love to hear from you and keep getting in touch. Send us your messages via mgpodcast.uk. Use the contact form on there. And even better than writing us a message, why not use the voice recorder to record us a message so that we can hear you on this show alongside me and Adam? It's the only way forward. Get in touch now. We love to hear from you. mgpodcast.uk. Now, New MG News, Adam, and we haven't heard much of new cars out of MG's sort of official press channels until this week when a whole barrage of stories hit my desk. And in particular, we're talking about the all-new MG5 EV that's coming to the UK, which they officially announced this week, didn't they? Yeah, so um, it was MG's first virtual uh, press launch. So um, with the coronavirus restrictions, there's a lot of sort of changes in the in the automotive industry. Um, and MG have chosen to, rather than sort of bring journalists together, do a virtual press launch. So we actually saw two MGs launch this week the first of which was the MG5 EV um, which gives MG a very different uh, product to offer here in the UK it's a fully electric estate car um, sort of similar sort of size to a Golf Estate or an Astra Estate if you're listening um, in the UK and you're familiar with those two cars but um, but unlike those the other offerings in the market it's uh, fully electric we're unsure about the styling i think it's fair to say but uh, i think they've gone safe on the styling i think is the the compliment to pay it there uh, they don't want to rock the boat with that styling do they they just want to sell as many electric vehicles as they can well to be honest it's it is a conservative styled vehicle um mg motor uk have been very upfront in so much as they've said you know this is a vehicle that is very closely based on a product from mg's sister brand roe so in uh china um this car is sold as the roe uh, ei5 um and yeah it is a conservative vehicle but they have sold 63,000 uh examples of this car in in china uh, it's proved very very popular with a lot of businesses in 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 that market um and if you're a fleet buyer you know if you're looking to go out and buy cars for the likes of british gas or or open reach or someone like that you know you're going to look for something that is is you know clean simple something that lends itself to being sign written and you know we're not used to that sort of approach from mg um with the possible example of the mg express zr van from from about 20 years ago but this is another opportunity for mg to get some some more volume into the uk market the more volume they get then you know the more dealers they get the more dealers they get the more cars they sell and then we get to to see the 40 products that perhaps we're more used to well they're safe on styling but they're also a safe car to buy because like all mg models the all new mg5 ev comes with their now famous seven year or eighty thousand mile warranty as standard which for an electric vehicle is quite rare in the market actually and uh, they're they're claiming that despite its uh, fairly normal looks it's going to give you a 0 to 60 of just over eight seconds which for a big old load lugger like this is quite impressive actually and uh, they're 
battery pack they're saying can be charged from zero to 80 percent in just 50 minutes using a rapid charger which really does give this car the ability to be used daily and in some quite heavy usage really and they reckon the range is between 214 miles in normal day-to-day -day use which rises to 276 miles if you're doing solely urban driving um, and stuff like that that's a bit heavier uh, that's a bit lighter on the motor so uh, you know a conservative estimate of 200 to 214 miles on the range is pretty good really and once again mg does hit the market at the sweet spot of where people are looking for very practical big family electric vehicles that are safe to buy and crucially affordable and that is seeming to be their sweet spot isn't it yeah, definitely. And then you look at the finance deals that are being offered on this, and you can you can get this car from something like two hundred and fifty quid a month. You know, that's that's not expensive for an electric vehicle in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny, Sarah and I were talking about her GS, um, and she said, "Oh, you know, maybe when I come to replace it, being a district nurse and doing lots of miles, maybe she'll get a diesel." And I said, "You won't be able to buy a diesel because they're they're disappearing from the market." Um, and maybe for someone like Sarah who is doing sort of of, you know a fair amount of miles in a day but lots of short stop start journeys um, maybe an electric car might be the option for and something like this we you know with as an estate with all that space in the back for all the various gear that a district nurse needs to carry with her something like this could be could be the option well this year of course saw electric vehicles in the uk outsell diesels um scooping up just over 32 percent of the market now and um according to the uh, society of motor manufacturers and traders the smmt more of us bought electric vehicles than bought diesels already in 2020 so uh, yeah already the diesels are sort of dropping off the market um, yeah, the other thing here that they mentioned of course was this mghs plug-in which is a combination really of their electric technology but of course this plug-in hybrid offering as well um, which just gives it a little bit more range and a bit more flexibility i guess doesn't it yeah, and I think this is a car sort of aimed squarely at uh, the likes of Mitsubishi's Outlander plug-in hybrid, which has been Mitsubishi's sort of leading light, really. And with um, with Mitsubishi looking to leave the UK market, that does, again, open up another opportunity for MG. You know, there are going to be people that perhaps will be looking to move away from Mitsubishi if they're unsure about spare support or dealer support. Um, or maybe you've got, again, fleet buyers that are looking for something that is slightly more more environmentally friendly um sort of moving away from mitsubishi so again it's another it's another string to mg's bow it's another car in the range and yeah it's more uh, it's more growth for the brand absolutely and it's swift as well looking at the stats here not to 60 is 6.9 seconds i mean it's just ridiculous isn't it how fast these things are going yeah it's a it's a decent uh, decent performer i'll be keen to to get behind the wheel of that and the, the 5 ev to see what they're like and also new mgs not just here in the uk market which those two cars that we've just mentioned there are the mg hs plug-in and the mg5 all ev but also lots of activity going on abroad and india saw the gloucester arrive this week didn't they 
Yes, so on the 24th of September they unveiled the Gloucester sort of formally. Um, it was shown at the Auto Expo back in February of this year as a potential vehicle for MG. Um, but uh, they have gone ahead and, and announced it formally now. They've been doing some some teasing uh, online videos sort of underlining all the tech um, that is really sort of packed into the car. Again, we always talk about MG being an automotive technology brand. Um and that's messaging that they've really pushed hard in in India. Um, so yeah, so the Gloucester is uh, is MG's first sort of premium SUV in that market. And from brand new MG Talk to very old MG Talk now, because Adam, you've once again gone mining in the Kimberhouse archives. What have you dug out this time? I have, and uh, anyone who knows me will know that I'm a big fan of uh, a vinyl. Um, not the flooring, vinyl records. Um, so for this week from our from our archive, I've uh, pulled out a very special MG vinyl LP. Ooh. Uh, it's called MG, just for the record, and it is a collection of um, interviews, of um, stories, um, and, and also some some just pure car audio um, from MG's um, sort of early earlier days, um, from sort of the 30s through to the to the 70s. Well, let's have a listen to this because, well, I mean, we, you and I can talk about it all we like really but let's have a listen to a couple of little samples here and effectively what this is is it's kind of like an audio journey through the mg range isn't it and you go on rides with people as they explain what mg means to them Wandering around the Bewley concourse, I found Mr. Green standing next to his 1935 MGNE Magnet. And to confirm my suspicions, I asked him... Is this the original 1935 Aramis? Yes. It is? Yes. yes. How long have you had it? Uh, since 1956. Has it given you any trouble? Uh, well, it broke the steering gear here one, uh, one year, which was a bit embarrassing, but yeah. uh, by and large it's... <laughs> But I'll tell you, when we get home, it's normal. They're very reliable. Right? <laughs> After final inspection and testing, the car is driven onto a rolling road room which enables the car to be driven in the static mode. Once driven onto the rolling road, the car is put through its paces in all gears. The thrust and braking powers being automatically measured. A good sound. Well, I found, Adam, that I felt like I was kind of in the car with them there for a moment. Um, but, you know, you get a real sense of the car there. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, this record, I believe, was originally released in in 1980. Um, so it's in the, in the terms of sort of vinyl and and the cars we're talking about here that goes all the way back to the 30s. Um, it's a fairly modern recording. Um, but I just love the fact that it's so different. I just love the fact that someone thought, what can we do with MG? Let's let's do a record. Let's get these interviews down. Let's get this stuff saved. Um, and it, it acts as a, as a permanent record. So, uh, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just thought it was really lovely and something nice for us to talk about on the podcast. Absolutely. Do we have any idea who these people are talking on here? Any stars from the club or from MG's history? So we've got some, there's uh, probably the highlight is the interview with, with John Thornley. Uh, we've spoken about John here on the, on the podcast before. Um, so to, to hear, you know, a lot of people won't, will never have had the opportunity to, to have met John. Um, so to hear him talk about MG in his own words is, is really, really, um, really rather cool. Um, there's the uh, former plant director, um, a chap by the name of Peter Frearson. Um, so he's on there. Um, but also there's just, you know general club members and their, and their cars so it's um yeah it's lovely it's a it's a nice thing to uh, to be able to, to share brilliant it's like a little time capsule you get to hear people talking about mgs going back 40 years now and hear their opinions and views on motoring at the time and just to get a little bit of a sense of how they were looking at those cars and how they were being enjoyed back in 1980 it's a real lovely little time capsule there so uh, we can't reproduce it all here on the podcast copyright and all that sort of stuff but hopefully you've enjoyed those little clips there and we'll leave you with this other little bit of snippet before we go to this week's interview an mgb modified by the factory to accept the rover three and a half liter v8 engine and a most desirable high-speed touring car one of the very few post-war MG models not to be exported to America. J. DuPont's MG BGT V8. podcast the mg car club the mark of friendship to take advantage of our many membership benefits access to our centers and registers and to receive your copy of safety fast magazine join us now at mgcc.go.uk sharing your passion for mg on the mg car club podcast Well, this week on the MG Car Club podcast, we reach 25 episodes of this show. So it felt fitting then that we should talk about the car that is enjoying its 25th anniversary this year. Of course, the much loved MGF reaches 25 in 2020. And uh, we haven't quite been able to celebrate it in the way that we'd hoped due to various things beyond our control this year. But happily... We have Mr. MGF on the podcast with us now. He runs the MGF Register for the MG Car Club. It is Nigel May. Welcome to the podcast, Nigel. Hello. Explain to those new to the MG Car Club 
what the MGF register is all about. Obviously, if you're new to the club, you might not know that the club is divided into uh, regions or centres that uh, offer our members places to go across the country in different regions, but also it's divided into cars as well to keep the expertise right where you can get at it in the MG Car Club. And the MGF register is one of those such groups of people that are experts on this model, aren't they, Nigel? That's right, yes, the MGF and obviously the, the TF as well, which we, we also cover. Um, we didn't uh, change the name to be the MGF and TF register. It was to be a bit of a mouthful, but uh, we just <laughs> stuck with MGF register, but we cover uh, all cars that are covering the 25 years. So 25 years ago, finally, MG emerged with another two-seat sports car after all of those years out in the wilderness after the MGB had been discontinued. Of course, we had the MGR V8 in between times, but they were only made, as we discussed the other episode, in very small numbers indeed. This was at last a mainstream sports car for MG. Nigel, what are your memories of 25 years ago when the MGF was launched? I'll be perfectly honest, they were quite vague at the time. Um, I remember the MGF being launched, because um, you know, there was lots in the news uh, papers, um, but uh, at the time uh, didn't uh, didn't have a, a need, I suppose, or uh, demand for an MGF. Um, I was uh, into Dyset Rover saloons and coupes at, at that sort of time. Um, uh, having had an MG Maestro earlier on, uh, I then moved into sort of newer uh, Rovers. So I was aware of the MGF, but didn't get into F or TF ownership until uh, later, sort of ten years, ten years after the F was launched. All right. So what changed then? What turned you on to the MGF in the first place? Uh, um, I would have loved to have bought one uh, in the early 2000s, uh, but at the time uh, I needed a, needed a saloon, so I bought a ZS180, um, had it brand new for two and a half years, and then things changed in that period, and uh, we looked at uh, an MGTF, so we bought a, an MGTF in 2005, just a few weeks before the sad demise of Longridge and MG Rover. Uh, and it's gone downhill from there, I guess, or uphill, whichever you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> went from having one one car to having a garage full of MGs now. Wow. So what else is in the fleet then? Um, we have, I think in chronological order, a 73B GT. Um, Joe, my wife, has a, a 1986 MG Metro. So it was interesting to, to listen to the guest last week saying that the MG Metro 1300 is a car to buy. So uh, we've got one of those. Um, I've got a 2004 Z ZT 260, and and then an MGF Trophy and three TFs, so seven MGs in the garage in total. <laughs> it it really is an illness, isn't it? When us it MG is, fans, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, of course, when the MGF was launched in back in 1995, um, it was launched at the Motor Show to great acclaim, actually. Um, it was particularly praised for its excellent ride and handling. And obviously, as a TF owner as well, you have seen the sort of more modern version of that. How do you think the two compare? The TF is a much sharper, firmer ride, um, whereas the, the F is a softer, more sort of compliant ride, I guess, with the, the hydrogas suspension. Um, but both both are great fun to drive. You can uh, throw them round bends because you know, they've got a wheel on each corner, basically. Um, so uh, they stick to the road, um, and, and they're great fun. And 
it's a fantastically popular car not only because it it handles amazingly of course mid-engined small sports car i mean there isn't a better package to have a load of fun on a b road than an mgf or tf uh, but obviously there are a lot of cars on the market for sale there are a lot of cheap cars on the market for sale and on the one hand it's great that they're so accessible to many to come and join the mg family with this sort of entry level sports car but on the other hand you do have to be a little careful when you're buying them don't you so when people come to the mgf register asking for advice on buying their first mgf what are some of the top tips you can offer them really just to, to, to look at the the normal areas you would on most cars so it's, it's look for sort of rust and corrosion on the subframes and seals um look for the car looking you know sloping one way or the other because that could be a sign that the, the spheres on the hydrogas have uh, have sort of had better days and need replacing but generally there's not a lot um lot that can go wrong with them I know everyone, all, everyone comes and says, oh, head gasket failure. Um, it's, an, you know, it's a K-series uh, head gasket failure. But uh, I think now at the age the cars are, if the head gasket is going to go, it will have gone and been replaced and you're probably going to have no problem at all with it. Um, so there's, as I say, there's not a lot of um, downsides, really, um, apart from what I've already just mentioned. You know, yeah. And you get a lot of smiles per mile um, for, and for your money. You know, as you said, at the moment, they're just going so ridiculously cheap and almost underpriced, I think. Um, and at one day, it's because so many have been broken because people think there's more value in parts, they're going to go up in value and it'll be one of the cars to have um, because they'll be so rare. But the great thing is, there's such a family around the MGF already. It hasn't had sort of any time between it being a new car and it becoming a much-loved classic. It instantly became one, almost from day one, didn't it? And there is a fantastic family around the model now within the club. There is, yes. Um, you know, we, well, the MGF register was formed literally from, from day one of the launch. So, you know, there's been an MGF register for 25 years, which is um, fairly unusual, Um with with the car club that normally it's been a few years after the launch that it's actually been a register um until latterly you know formed so there's been say so we've been going as a register for 25 years and holding events over over that period um for members of the f to encourage them into the car club uh, and you know and to retain the car as well through the camaraderie yeah. and shared and shared knowledge of of problems you know someone's got a problem you know we've got technical experts that can help you sort out your problem and uh, yeah so we've been let's say been around 25 years like the car are you starting to see people spending more money on restoring and preserving the mgfs now or are there still a lot being lost to being broken or scrapped do you think there's still a lot being lost um you know for being scrapped and broken but there are now I think you know there's there's a, a small band and probably getting larger people are actually now appreciating that they're rapidly disappearing off our roads and are you know maintaining them restoring them to 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 keep them for future years and future generations mm -hmm. Well, of course, 25 years of the MGF, the big anniversary that had been planned for this year, but we haven't been able to celebrate it in quite the way that we'd hoped. What were you planning for 2020 to celebrate this quarter of a century of production? I mean, our biggest event was going to be MGF 25 at Gaiden at the end of July. Um, clearly, because of COVID, we've shelved that, but we will be holding it 
July 21 um, to celebrate, say, 25 years, because we're just in the 25th year. Uh, so that's going ahead, all being well. Uh, next year, we're, we're revisiting our plans, reviewing our plans and ideas for the day at the moment um, to make it bigger and better, hopefully, for, for everyone that attends. So if I if I come to one of these events and I'm a new MGF owner, new to the MG Car Club, what sort of people can I expect to meet? Because I understand, and we've spoken to many of the members here on the podcast, that MGF owners are as varied and as diverse as the colours that you could get MGFs in themselves, aren't they? Absolutely, yes. Um, have some some members where they have just an MGF and it's their daily driver. They use it to commute to work. Uh, we have others that have a number of cars that are sort of cosseted and only come out on sunny dry days and never never see a spot of water unless it's to be washed uh, and then everything in you know people in between those that sort of use it occasionally uh on a nice day or you know whenever they whenever the need takes a fancy to go and have a blast around a country lane or something like that well, the MGF, of course, very, as you mentioned there, very practical to use every day. Um, it was really launched back in 1995 on the back of the shock that Mazda had delivered by coming along with the MX-5 when everyone had written off the two-seater sports car and decided that no one really wanted to buy two-seater sports cars anymore. Of course, the MX-5 was released and uh, proved everyone wrong. Um, and MG were fairly quick to the game in announcing the MGF uh, some five or six years later and they do remain very practical cars to live with day to day and that's the great thing about them isn't it you can buy one you can use it for your your classic shows at the weekend but they're still very good to use every day absolutely yes um you know i use mine not every day at the moment because i'm not not commuting i'm working from home because of covid but it does the it does the shopping run to tesco's uh you can fit a surprising amount of shopping in or, or luggage for holidays because it's it's a well proportioned you know it's a small car it's, it's well proportioned and, and packaged well within within the overall size of the car and a lot of people are put off by the fact that it's mid-engined and things are generally difficult to get to but it's not too bad is it Th tell us about some of the things that you have to do when you're an mgf owner some of the things that might take longer than perhaps on other cars maybe spark plugs perhaps <laughs> yeah spark plugs yes it's, it's not just a case of lifting the bonnet to get to your spark plugs or engine uh with it being mid-engined uh you have to release your soft top and then there's uh the i call it a parcel shelf loosely the sort of padded shelf that sits on top of the engine bay which you have to lift out and then there's a big metal plate with about 11 bolts securing it that has to be released before you can actually get into the top of the engine to, to say to, to the spark plug so once you're in it's no real different to any car apart from you know it's tucked away through a smaller hole but uh, it's it's easily fairly easy to get to once once you're there and it's not uh, it's not beyond the realms of a an average mechanic to get into the engine bay and, and get to you know for example the spark plugs and of course the k-series engine was always renowned for having head gasket issues and mm. one of the problems of course is when you change the coolant if you don't bleed the air out properly it suffers really badly from air pockets in the cylinder head doesn't it and these are problems that mgf owners that have had them for a long time are going to know all about how do you coach new owners through all of these little niggles that you have to get around we as a for, uh, register have a uh, have a forum uh, where we can answer technical questions 
Um, obviously, we also have, uh, which is different to lots of the other, other registers, we have uh, regions. We, we're subdivided into regions, and most, not quite all, but most parts of the country, we have a regional rep uh, who organises pub meets, natters, tennis at car shows, etc. So if you go along to your, your local group, there'll be an expert there that can, can help you with any technical queries um, and possibly even pop along to your home that's nearby and give you a hand to, to do whatever needs doing on the car. Many people, they sort of think they need to buy a car before they join the club. That is totally the wrong way around, uh, isn't it? They, they really ought to come to you guys first before they buy and learn all of these things. Absolutely. Um, and if they were to come along to any of our natters, clearly we're not, they're not taking place at the moment. Um, but when they are, then you know anyone's welcome, whether they've got an F or TF. And the members would, I'm sure, would at the local natter would you know show you around their cars, even take you for a spinny one. Because a lot of times people say, well, what's the difference between an MGF and TF? And until you've sort of sat in one and felt the difference in in handling and ride, then it's it's hard to actually put it over verbally you need to experience the ride really to appreciate the difference in the, in the two cars absolutely and of course understand the difference between the different models because there are actually quite a few different configurations interior options uh, equipment options then of course there's the special editions the le 500 the tf 135s and the tf 85th anniversaries there's more to mgfs than you think isn't there there is yes yes I mean, the standard f uh, there were three three variants two different power uh, well actually three because you had the, the, the 120 which is a an automatic or, or step speed so it's you could change it's not it's fully automatic or you can change it by using a gear stick if you want sort of to the manual fill to change gears the uh 1443 brake horsepower which is the, the vvc engine and then they produced the mgf trophy which is 160 brake horsepower which was a sort of the ultimate f because it had things uh, removed from it like the abs to make it a real driver's car and with the extra power and then on the tf we again there's the the step speed uh, and then the 135 brake horsepower as you mentioned and, and the 160 brake horsepower and within the interiors there's the whole range of different interiors uh, different color interiors that are part of sort of the monogram program so you could have black gray uh, sort of a dark red along with the range of exterior colors as well and your other role, of course, as well as looking after the membership of the MGF register is also as their archivist, isn't it? So what sort of gems of, of the of the last 25 years of history have you managed to get together then? Uh, we've got all sorts from the, the various brochures from launch of the F 25 years ago and, and the TF, the various models, lots of magazines from back, you know, 95, 96, uh, showing the, the various test drives when when the car was launched uh we've got what else is in there things like birthday cake from the first birthday party um it's very edible now after 20 24 years but uh, <laughs> that's there yeah it's a whole whole range of posters um anything really it's mgf and tf related if we can get our hands on it we will and of course, there are lots of stuff in the Kimber House archives as well. Adam and I dug out one of the original uh, briefings from the marketing agency uh, in a recent episode here on the podcast of when the MGF was launched. And fascinating to see how they were positioning the model and how they needed to make sure that it was seen as new and fresh and not harking back to the MGB. I think they just about achieved all of that. It is still a cool car today, isn't it? Absolutely. It looks 
you know, you look at it today, and it could have been designed, you know, fresh out of the factory this year. It's it certainly aged well, if I can, if I can put it that way. It's, you know, it doesn't doesn't look like a twenty five year old car. Well, if you like the cute puppy dog eyes of the Mark One MGF, or if you like the more aggressive look of the later MGTFs, everything you need to know about MGFs and TFs are all on the website for the MGF Register, which is mgfregister.org. The forum that Nigel mentions is accessible from there. Also, all of the links back to the MG Car Club as well. If someone is looking to get into MGF ownership, Nigel, what's the top tip you can offer them when they're looking for a car? What's the one thing they should really try and do? Try a number of different cars, models first, before you don't just, just don't just plump the first one you see because they are so different between an F and a TF. Um, have a drive in both, you know, look, compare an F against a TF, because um, they do look differently. Some people prefer the, the more rounded look of the F, as you said, some people you know, prefer the, the sharper, more sporting look of the TF. I'd, I'd, I'd view several before you actually plump your first one. Um, don't necessarily go for the, the lowest mileage car. Um, just go for the one that, that you feel suits your needs, uh, and you like, you know, the best. And if it's got a good service record, then that's fine. If it's been serviced well, it will last you for a good number of years more. Brilliant. And what's your best memory of your experience of owning a MGF? I think probably touring in, in uh, one of my 85th. Um, we did the North Coast 500 a couple of years ago, and it was glorious sunshine, even in Scotland. Um, a few miles shy of 2,000 miles, all with the roof down, um, and it was just fantastic the, the scenery the way the car drove uh it was just great great holiday um i hope to go back there again soon and repeat it sounds brilliant that's what it's all about mg ownership so come on join the mg car club family around the world and in particular the mgf register you can find all of their details at mgcc.co.uk or of course the mgf register website at mgfregister.org and nigel may is waiting there to take your membership and to uh, help you out on your journey into mgf ownership Uh, nigel brilliant to talk to you and uh sorry that you didn't have the 25th anniversary year that you hoped for but uh let's all look forward to 2021 and mgf 25 plus one i think that's the way forward isn't it absolutely yeah <laughs> nigel thanks for joining us thank you Aiden. the mg car club podcast safety fast the magazine of the mg car club get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk well to round off episode 25 adam let's have another little route through the shop at Kimber House. This is, of course, the MG Car Club shop, all of the products in which you can order online at mgcc.co.uk. Just click on the shop button there. And new stuff in, actually. I guess we ought to start looking at winter stuff now. It is well into autumn here in the UK, and uh, the weather is turning in such a way that it reminds us that it's getting towards autumn <laughs> blooming freezing is what i mean and so to counteract this if you if you're brave enough to do some roof down driving through the autumn leaves then you'll need one of these it's a classic body warmer in durable fabric with a warm lining and metal zippers it's all very Ooh. nice uh, this body warmer's got two side pockets as well and two inner pockets keep your wallet in all that kind of stuff and it's got a lovely mg car club logo on hasn't it adam 
Yes, it's a, it's a really nice, snug thing, especially, like you say, with the weather turning. Um, we are deeply into what I refer to as soup season now. Um, <laughs> yes. so, um, so, yeah, instead of, uh, instead of coffee, get some, uh, get some nice, thick, chunky vegetable soup in your thermos, get the roof down, get your body warmer on, and off you go. What more do you need? And as usual, we have the MG owner in mind whenever we're putting these products together on the shop. And, you know, it'd be very easy just to go out and get any old body warmer and get it printed up with the MG Car Club logo and flog it to people. But no, no, we're better than that. Better quality from us, you can expect, because this one has like a smart little elastic detail on basically where your arms come through. And that makes it just a perfect fit and basically stops the breeze going up your armpits when you're driving with the roof down in your MG. You see, we think of everything here at the MG Car Club. <laughs> We think of everything. Nobody and, uh, needs the, chili pits. Exactly. No, it's it's most unpleasant. <laughs> and uh, it's embroidered with the MG Safety Fast logo, and they're available in dark navy now, mgcc.co.uk, at the price of just £45. It's a mere pittance to pay to keep your armpits warm, isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, also brand new are these vintage ads on wood. Now, <laughs> we need to explain this probably at this point. No, the, the advert isn't about wood. It's not like saying, you know, buy your pine here or looking for oak, call. No, it's, uh, it's not like that at all. These are um, reprints of some of the most iconic MG press adverts from uh, the 30s all the way through to the 70s. Um, and these are printed on uh on board essentially on, on wooden boards um and they are perfect for your man cave or she shed they're really nice actually and we've just added the k3 and the t-type to the range they're just 12 pounds 50 and i'm gonna say the c word christmas presents it's you've got to start thinking about it now don't be leaving it to the last minute uh these are ideal for that sort of thing um you know as you say ideal for the man cave and they're just really nice they're they're just a brilliant way of putting an advert on a on a piece of wood we have spoken about them here on the podcast uh before but worth a mention because as i say we've added that k3 and t-type advertising to those lovely pieces of art basically which Definitely. is what they are crafted art it's what i call garifanalia garage paraphernalia garifanalia here you go ladies and gentlemen you have heard a new <laughs> word being invented on the mg car club podcast yes you you heard it here first and you'll never hear it again <laughs> in case you do you know where it started from it started from adam's mind normally of course by november people would be coming to meet us at the nec classic motor show and buying gifts for christmas from the mg car club shop at the show but this week we heard news really sad news not unexpected to be honest but really sad all the same that the nec classic motor show the biggest indoor show in the uk was to be cancelled this november we had hoped that it would go ahead and we've covered it here on the podcast over the previous few weeks that they'd put in all sorts of covid safe guidance for uh, people attending and uh, all sorts of different measures to ensure the safety of those people going but in the end unfortunately they weren't able to run the event and i guess adam our thoughts just go to everyone at claren events who put on the event for us um you know it must be heartbreaking for them they've put in months and months of hard work to try and give us some hope that it was going to go ahead but in the end it just couldn't 
No, hundred percent, mate. I mean, we were we were really really looking forward to the show because we've had such a challenging year in terms of events, in terms of just getting to see people, um, in terms of you know members getting to see their mates, um, be it you know local pub natters or or, or national events, um, and the NEC Classic Motor Show was sort of. The, the North Star, if you like, the guiding light that we were all sort of looking to and looking forward to. Um, so when the news came through this week that it had been postponed for 2020, it's, um, yeah, it's it's bitterly disappointing. But as you say, you know, I just feel very, very sorry for all the, all the hard work that the people like, you know, um, Alison Judge, who coordinates all the, all the stands, and, and Andrea Seed, who does all the sort of coordinates all the PR and, and what have you for the show, um, and all the other guys at, at Clarion that work behind the scenes and work so hard. So, yeah, we're 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 really really sad that it's been postponed, but um, our hope now is just that we can make sure that the event comes back um, next year because it is one of our our favourite events, and yeah, to not have it this November, it just won't be the same absolutely we will be there should it return and uh, we hope that it will do of course uh, we will support it but sorry that we can't meet all of you guys there and we were we had all sorts of grand plans for live podcasts at the nec and for showing off of course the mgfs that are 25 this year and putting on a real good display of cars from the 90 years of the mg car club's history but unfortunately that is not going to be possible but uh, our thoughts go out to all of those who've put so much effort into uh, making that trying to make that happen for us but onwards we go looking positively into the future hopefully by the time we get into next year things will start to return to normal and we can all meet up again but in the meantime you've got us adam and i adam from kimber house there and me with the mg car club podcast to keep us all in touch and entertained if you want to get in touch with us please do so we love to read your messages out here on the podcast mgpodcast.uk use the contact form on there to get in touch with us and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you and sharing all of your messages plus another great interview from the world of mg and all of the mg news in episode 26 out in just a week's time so until then cheerio see ya subscribe to receive new episodes of the mg car club podcast at mgpodcast.uk